wish someone would just thank the Lord for that this morning. That it's a new season. That it's a new day. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. It's a new season for somebody today. We sang it earlier. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? I believe before we walk out of this place today that there is going to be newness of life found through the blood of Jesus Christ. That there's someone in this house that needs a touch of the Lord. And today is your day. This is your moment. Whatever you have need of today, Jesus will. Someone say will. Not just can, but Jesus will. Someone say that again. He will. He will supply. He will supply. He will supply. Hallelujah. One more time. Can we just thank God for who he is? That's right. Thank him in advance for what you've prayed for this week. Thank him in advance for his forgiveness that he's giving and offering today. Thank him in advance for the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. God is so good. That's an understatement. He is so good, though. Amen. You can be seated today. I am so thankful for the goodness of God. His mercies are new every morning. Amen. God is good. And today, as I said, I'm excited about what God has done. I'm excited what he's about to do. I really believe that today you can be renewed in your spirit. I'm believing today that someone will be filled with the Holy Ghost and that someone will be refilled with the Holy Ghost. That someone today who is lost in their sin today will come into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ by the blood of the Lamb. I believe that today. So what I'm asking at the end of this sermon today, that you would simply do this. Just respond to the presence of God. We have this, this front that we dedicate as an altar to the Lord. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place where we lay down who we've been because we believe that there's something greater and that's God's will for our life. And so at the end of this service, I would just ask for your consideration to offer yourself as a living sacrifice unto the Lord, acceptable unto Him. He is faithful to you. And so I challenge you not to stay still, which we can often do for many different reasons. But there is a blessing when you and I make a decision that we're going to take a step of faith. It's not based off who's around us. It's not based off if the crowd's full, if the crowd's empty. It's not based on if our brother or sister in Christ or our wife or our husband took a step forward in faith. It's a decision we make for ourselves that we are not going to be satisfied with the life that we have been living, no matter what that life has looked like, whether you are right now living in sin today or whether right now you feel justified in your life. I believe that there's grace for you no matter who you are. And I believe that there is more for you no matter who you are. In the name of Jesus, bless Oliver today. That's my son making all that racket.
But I believe it. Those are important words today that I speak. And I say that as your pastor, to take that step of faith. Amen. I am excited to have all of our college students home today. Welcome home to you ladies. And to all of our guests, whether it's your first time, whether it's your third time, your fourth time, I skipped your second, but even if it's your second time, we're glad that you are here. And if you're a part of this church family for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, for 50 years, plus, we are so thankful you're here today. And I hope that today you feel like you are home in this place. Amen. Someone say abundance. It's God's will for you and I to live in abundance. Sometimes we shy away from that term, but it's God's will for us. And this is not something that we question. This is not something that we should doubt or we should guess at. For John 10 and 10 says that the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come, this is Jesus speaking, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It's God's will for you to live in that abundance. We're going to look at an Old Testament story today that underscores this truth. When it came time to rebuild God's house, in the book of Ezra, the king of Persia wrote a letter authorizing Ezra to have all he needed to finish this task. In Ezra chapter 7, I'm just going to read it. That will be on the screen today. And verse 11 is where we're going to begin. It says, now this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. Artaxerxes, the king of kings, unto Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time. I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, go with thee. And skipping down to verse 20, he said, Whatsoever more shall be needful for the house of thy God, which thou shalt have occasion to bestow, bestow it out of the king's treasure house. And I, even I, Artaxerxes, the king, do make a decree to all the treasures which are beyond the river, that whatsoever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, shall require of you, it be done speedily. Someone say speedily. But unto a hundred talents of silver, unto a hundred measures of wheat, unto a hundred baths of wine, unto a hundred baths of oil, and salt, someone say salt, salt, without prescribing how much. Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Now you may ask, why are you reading this story? Well, this is more than just a story of a building. This is a foreshadowing of the church of the living God. It is a foreshadowing of you and I. You and I today, we are the temple. Someone say the temple. We are the temple. 
and the house of God, the habitation of the presence of God. It is within us that God pours out his spirit. It is inside of you and I. We are a tabernacle of that presence of the Lord. What that Old Testament tabernacle was, that is, what who, that is who we are, what we are today, housing the very presence of the Almighty God. Don't ever question if God made you worth anything. God made you worth something. And he believed so much in you that he would put his spirit inside of you. That's how much God thinks about you. But what the king Ezra, what the king provided Ezra to restore a physical house here in our text, our great king provides more to restore you. God provides more to restore you today. And it's a curious statement that he makes in this past passage. Because listed are exact measurements of so many things, of silver, of, of wheat and wine and oil. But when it comes to salt, when it comes to salt, there is no limit mentioned. He simply says salt without prescribing how much. Salt. You can have as much as you think that you need today. And it seems that Ezra, he could decide. He could decide how much, how much that, or how little that he wanted. It's an indication of our pre preference. The fact that we get to choose sometimes. And we are in charge of deciding what we receive. And so how much can we ask and, for, and believe God for today? And I would simply say, you can ask God and you can believe God today for as much as you need. You can have it today. If you need healing, you can have it today. If you need deliverance, you can have it today. If you need to be renewed in the spirit, it can happen today. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you ask God for, you can have it today as much as you need. Salt. Someone say salt. Ordinary table salt. Sodium chloride. In this passage, our attention, it naturally fixates on the things that we value in our culture today, silver and other precious luxuries, but not salt, unless you stop and you look into salt. It's more to us a commodity, something that is in our kitchen cabinets, tucked away, and then we bring it out when we have need. But salt, while it's simple and plentiful to us, we should not take salt for granted. Salt is an essential element. And without salt, someone say salt again, life would not be possible. The human body, in fact, requires salt in one form or another to function properly. And the concentration of sodium ions in the blood is directly related to the regulation of safe body fluids. You need salt today. And each American consumes more than 16 tons of salt during his lifetime. 
that number varies based on how much salt you put on your chips at the Mexican restaurant after church today. But whether you put extra salt or whether you ask for no salt, in your life you are consuming salt, probably whether you realize it or not. And in an, on an average, each American consumes 400 pounds of salt a year. 400 pounds of salt you are consuming a year. Studies say that salt, salt is something that has been important down through history. Through the history of humanity, ancient civilizations built in areas where salt was accessible. Yes, salt that is in your kitchen cabinet. The value of salt was so high in some cultures that it was even used as a form of currency. You could go to Walmart today with a handful of salt and you could purchase something if Walmart was around in ancient civilizations. The West African kingdom of Ghana was known to trade salt for gold. For gold, which led to the development of trade routes across the Sahara Desert. Greek slave traders often bartered salt for slaves. In fact, the word salary, which we all are very acquainted to today, it comes from the Latin word salarium, which was the payment given to Roman soldiers to buy salt. So study salt, and you see a picture of humanity. Study salt and you trace your theology. For salt played a vital role in worship in the Bible. For we find more than 30 references to salt in the scripture. Jesus, in fact, called his disciples what? The salt of the earth in Matthew 5 and 13. The Latin word giving us salvation. Salvation also comes from the word for salt. For salt was used in grain offerings. Leviticus 2.13 says, In every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with what? Salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offering thou shalt offer salt. Salt is also found not just in the grain offerings, but in the burnt offerings. Even the holy incense was seasoned with salt. Exodus 30, 34, and 35, I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stacti and anka and galbana and pure frankincense. With these sweet spices, there shall be equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compounding, a compound according to the art of the perfume, salted, pure, and holy. The sacred covenants in the Old Testament, in fact, were sealed with salt. Second Chronicles 13 and 5 says, Ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and to his sons, by what? A covenant of salt. So salt. Why are you preaching about salt today? They tell us to lower our salt intake, to get our chips with no salt that it leads to better heart health, things like that. I hear some amens in the house. But today, I, I call you not to listen to those scientists that say that. I, I challenge you to dump salt on your chips after church today. I challenge you to put on as much salt as you need. And this is why. In Scripture... 
If you do have a heart attack, we'll pray for you. If you need healing, it's in the house. But in scripture, this is why I'm speaking of salt and why this day and this week you're going to remember salt. Because leaven, someone say leaven. Leaven in scripture, it's a type of sin. Leaven ferments. Leaven breaks down the consumption of the item. That's why milk and honey were not allowed in Jehovah's sacrifices. They ferment. They break down. But not salt. Salt preserves. And while leaven is a type of sin in Scripture, salt is a type of grace. Someone say grace. Salt is the opposite of leaven, just as grace is the opposite of sin. Colossians 4 and 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. And what salt is in the physical realm, grace is to you in the spiritual realm. In fact, in 1933, the Dalai Lama was buried sitting up in a bed of salt. The idea that he, was that he would forever be in a position to hear and to respond. Well, that is true. Our God, someone say our God. Our God is alive and he sits upon a throne, not of salt, but of grace, Hebrews 4 and 16 says. So it continues to say, let us therefore come boldly unto that throne. And this morning, I challenge each and every one of us to take a step of faith and come boldly to that throne of grace where there is a good God, a merciful God, a God that loves you and sees you in the condition you are in, and he is merciful to you. Artaxerxes in our text is called the king of kings. Such pompous titles, they were given to monarchs in those days. But in a sense, the king forms a picture of the true king of kings that we know today. He stands ready to do whatever you want. He stands ready to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. The king stood there ready to provide when they needed provision. And I'm here to tell you that the king of kings is here to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. The king of kings is here to provide you with grace and mercy abundantly, abundantly to you and to your family and to your children and to your children's children. That king of kings is here to provide for you grace and mercy. When it came time to rebuild that kingdom, King Artaxerxes said, take as much gold as you can find. He said, use up to 100 talents of silver. Take 100 measures of wheat. Take 600 gallons of wine and 600 gallons of oil. And he also said, you are going to need salt. How much? How much do you ask? Well, he didn't say. He didn't say. He left it open-ended. And I'm here to tell you, you need grace today. How much? It's open-ended. 
You cannot run out of the supply that God is providing to you. How much grace you need, God has it available to you. He gives salt. The king gave salt without measure. And king of kings, the name of Jesus Christ, the one true God, he is giving grace today without measure. Abundantly, lavishly, God is giving grace. And it's available to you. How much? As much as you need. You say, I've sinned over and over and over. Can God still forgive me? Better yet, will God still forgive me? I challenge you over and over and over again to ask for grace in your life. To ask for mercy in your life. To come back to the altar and say, God, make me over again. And I challenge you to see if God is faithful. For he is faithful to forgive you when you ask and when you call and when you have faith. We are familiar with salt in cooking. But the Salt Institute, there is a Salt Institute It says that there are over 14,000 known uses for salt in today's world. 14,000. And that leads me to my first point, and it's this, that God's grace is manifold in operation. Salt, as you deceive, clouds to produce rain in desert areas. Did you know that grace, it rains on our lives every day? Salt is an antiseptic. The ancient, in fact, would salt newborn babies. I'm here to believe and I can tell you today that grace cleanses you and I. Salt can kill certain species of reptiles. You've probably seen it in your life. Grace can gain you victory over the enemy, over that subtle snake, that serpent that was in the garden. Grace can give you victory over everything. Salt preserves the precious. And grace today, it preserves, it keeps you and I. In scripture, when Abimelech raised the city of Shechem, he sowed it with salt, Judges 9.45 says. In other words, he scattered salt all over the ground. Why would he do that, you ask? Because salt burnt the roots of everything that was planted. Salt rendered that land infertile. Vegetation, in fact, cannot survive in salty soil. Grace not only feeds us, it not only keeps us and sustains us, but grace also weeds us. Grace, grace, it provides nourishment for the things of God and it slays the things that are surrounding you. There is power in salt. There is power in grace today. That's why Jesus said in Mark 9 50, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Elisha used salt to heal bitter waters at Jericho in 2 Kings 2 20 and 21. God, I believe, can heal the streams of your hearts by his grace. There is nothing like grace. There is nothing like the mercy of God. There is nothing 
There is nothing that is more powerful than that grace and mercy by the blood of the Lamb, by the name of Jesus Christ. That grace is powerful. That grace is manifold in its operation. That grace is available to you. Immeasurable. Manifold grace. And you may be sitting here wondering today, I need forgiveness. How much grace can I get? Can I come back over and over and ask God for forgiveness? I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. You can have as much grace as you need. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Verse 7 says, he will abundantly, somebody say abundantly, abundantly. he will abundantly pardon. Yes. Hebrews 7.25 says that he can save to the uttermost. If you need to be refilled in the spirit today, and you're asking, can I be? I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I have talked in tongues as the spirit gave the utterance, but I have not been walking in the Spirit today. Can God refill me with His Spirit? I'm here to tell you, by His grace, He can refill you today. You say, how much grace do I need? You can have as much grace as you want, as much grace as you need. God will refill you today. I need healing. I need healing. Of course, sickness, disease, it comes initially from the fall from man's action and its root. Do we bring on in ourselves all the sickness around us? I, I don't know, but I know this, that God has grace and mercy for those that need healing today. God has grace for you. He took 39 stripes on his back for healing. Some categorize all the issues of life into 39 categories of disease, which means one stripe. Someone say one stripe. One stripe for every disease. So whatever disease it is that you have, there is a stripe that was taken on his back for you. It is available for you. There's a stripe for each disease, for emotional disease, and for mental and physical and relational or spiritual. Whatever it is that you need healing for today, there is grace available for you in this house. There is abundant healing available in this house. If you're needing blessing today, blessing's not something that we should run away from or be shy about. God wants you and I to live a blessed life, to live a life of abundance in whatever that means, in whatever category of life there is. There is a God that is here to bless you. Are you needing blessing today? Are you needing something from God today? God just says to ask to ask and he shall supply. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh, what does he do? He findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is his good pleasure. I love I love blessing my kids with whatever I can bless them with. We love to do that. And that's what our good father has available to us. That's what God has available to you. 
I've heard it said before that in heaven there are bottled up things that God had available to offer his children, but we never ask for those blessings. For some reason, we were shy and seeking and knocking, and God has it available for all of us today. So ask, knock. God has it for you. Seek after him, and he will be found. And God's grace truly is manifold in operation. And secondly, God's grace is plentiful in supply. It's said that in the state of Kansas alone, that there is enough salt to provide the world's needs for 250,000 years. In the state of grace, there is no shortage. He can abundantly pardon, as I've said earlier in Isaiah 55, 7. That's what his word declares to us. Here in this room, we budget our resources from time to time. We, we, we are conservative. We are conservative. But God, he owns a thousand. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, as scripture says. Yeah. We carefully manage what's in our grasp, but God's hands are different. He holds it all. He has it all available. Ephesians 4 and 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And what is that measure of the gift of Christ? All the fullness. All the fullness. There is grace. Abundant grace available to you. There is no shortage. It is available. Grace in abundance is available to all that ask. So don't act like grace is in short supply. Don't go tomorrow and fail to ask God for grace because you ask him for grace today. Don't believe that because you've messed up time and time again or that you've been going through something for days and years that you cannot ask God for help. God is available every day. Whether you fall or whether you are standing, God has grace available for you today. There is grace for you. There is no shortage. Romans 5 and 20 says, but where sin aboundeth, grace did much more abound. James 4 and 6 says, he giveth more grace. What is the sin which does so easily beset you today? All of us have that thing that we wrestle with in our lives and in our weeks that we, that we go through. What is that thing? Is it a sin of speech? Is it lying, taking God's name in vain, cursing or gossiping? Ask God for grace. It is available. Is it a sin of sins of the flesh, lusts, cravings, addictions, filthy habits or hang-ups? that you just can't get over, I challenge you once again to go back to that throne of grace and ask God for forgiveness. Is it a sin of the heart, jealousy, unforgiveness, envy? Is it something of that nature? All you've got to do is go back to God. And whether you fall down six times, get up the seventh time. If you fall down seven times, get up the eighth time and go to that throne of grace, to the king of kings, and he has grace available to you. For where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Ask for grace today. God is gracious, and he gives. He gives grace to you 
and I. He gives more than enough. And lastly, God's grace. I just want to tell you and remind you that it's available to all. Someone say all. Have you noticed that sometimes, though, we struggle? We struggle receiving and have trouble receiving grace. Sometimes we have trouble receiving what God has readily available for us. For some reason, we know, we know that God has it available, but sometimes we struggle believing that it's available for us. We tend to ration God. We tend to put a limit on what he can give to us. We have the head knowledge, but we struggle with the heart knowledge to truly believe that God is willing and that he is faithful to do it for us. We're like the servant hiding talents in the ground, not realizing how gracious the master really is. And so we don't ask like, we should. We don't seek God like we should. We don't knock like we should. We find ourselves in the role of that father of a demon-possessed child saying, I do believe God, but, but help my unbelief. Often we believe and understand that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask for or think for. But we sometimes struggle believing that he will do for us anything. We struggle sometimes with what you would call is faith. That's the dilemma. That is the dilemma for all of us. It's, it's, I believe that all of us love God and we, we understand his goodness, but sometimes I think we struggle believing in the love of a good father towards his children. Sometimes we, we allow things to cloud our understanding and judgment. And we, we struggle believing the perception that God has for you and I. He's not a God looking to smash us with his thumb. He's a God that has got grace and mercy available to his kids, to his children, to those that call on the name of the Lord. He says that they shall be saved. How do we connect with the grace of God? Ephesians, the second chapter in verse 8 says that it's for by grace that you're saved through what? Through faith. Through faith. And not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that do what? They diligently, they diligently, they diligently, they diligently seek him, diligently seek him on this Sunday morning. Be someone who is not caught up in your yesterdays, and, that, and, and be someone that forgets that God is there for your today. Yes, yesterday I stumble, but today I rise up. Tomorrow I put a step in front of the other, and I walk. 
God has availability for you and I to be people that are on our feet, not people that are stuck in the mud, stuck in the ground. God makes us a way of escape when we are in trouble. God provides for us all that we need to get back up, to put a step in front of the other, and then put another step, and another step, and walk steps of faith. God has done it for you and for me. He has it available for all of us. And now is the time. Now is the moment to come unto a gracious God. Because I'm sure you sense the urgency of the message. And there is an urgency of the message today. Because I believe that we are living in the last days. That there is coming a day where there is a God that will not have grace available There is coming a day where that doorway will be shut. There is coming a day where you cannot get back up after you have fallen. But today is not that day. Today is not that day. If you have fallen, you can get back up again. You can get back up. Declare scriptures of faith. Scriptures like this, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. 1 John 5 and 14, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, someone say anything, according to his will, he hears us. Psalms 37 and 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. John 10 and 10, The thief cometh, not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life, and that you might have that life sparingly. That you may have life enough just to get by that I'm going to give you just what just a little bit for you to ration out that you can make room for the future no I have come that you might have life and that you may have that life more abundantly there is an abundant life in Jesus Christ available to you what do you need today God is ready to give you all you need how much grace do you want how much grace do you desire how much grace do you need God has it available all that you could ask for all that you could believe for all that you can have faith for there is enough grace for you would you stand today Psalm 30 and 5 says for his anger endureth but a moment in his favor is life in the same way that weeping may endure for a night but joy someone say joy joy cometh in the morning and it may seem dark to you but I'm here to declare it is morning time 
you may, all you may see is stars in the sky and, and all you see is signs of darkness, but I'm here to declare that it is morning on this October day. It is morning. Everyone around you may be asleep. Your friends, your neighbors, your family, they may be sleeping right now. Maybe they are dead in their trespasses and sins, but I'm here to declare to you today that it is morning time. It is morning time, and His grace is new every morning. His grace is available to you. How much do you want? As much as you need. How much do you want today? His grace is available to you. I ask you today to respond to the offering that God is giving you today, to the blessing of God. I ask that all of us would come unto the throne of grace. Come to this altar. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door is opened. It shall be. It shall be opened unto you. There is a good God. He sits on a throne of grace and he offers it abundantly to you. There's blessing available today. All you got to do is call on the name of the Lord. If you're sick in your body, he's got grace for you. If you're sick in your mind, he's got grace for you. If you are battling sin, if you're battling a hang-up or a habit, something that is messing you up, there is newness of life today. There is grace available to you. It is available to you. It is a new 